Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. My name's Clayton Croker. To my left, we have Justin Anderson. To our very far right, we have Patrick Marsh. Thank you for joining us. Uh, don't forget, follow us on the Facebook, on the Twitter, on the Instagram. We don't have TikTok yet because we're just not that cool. Uh, at BFMD Podcast. Thanks for listening, whether you're, that's on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Thanks a bunch. We have a really special episode today. Two special guests on the show. First of all, my dog. Uh, my dog has a case of the poops. Uh, came home from the Kinsman Sports Celebrity Dinner yesterday, and her crate was... Yeah. It was like that scene in Daddy Daycare when he goes yeah. to the bathroom. And it was... Everywhere. Remember that Dumb and Dumber 2 movie? Like, not the one with Jim Carrey... But it was like the, the the prequel to Dumb and Dumber. And there's shit everywhere. <laughs> that was my dog's crate. So she's with us today. So if you hear some gnawing on a bone, that's obviously our dog, not not Justin or Patrick. It, it might, might be, be Chris me. Henderson, though, because he's joining us as well. Hendo, how's it going, bud? I was going to say, you know, I, I've got a bone here to sit on, chew on, too. So it could be me, but. You doing good there, I'm doing buddy? Well, especially, yeah. Especially because I got a bone at you on. Oh, nice. Yeah. You, you keep you're keeping busy. Hey, tell a miracle's coming up. The music thing's going well for you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know life's always busy with one thing or another. It's uh, got uh, lots of gigs coming up here this spring and new single coming out to radio here shortly and and of course the you know the new baseball season is almost upon us. So so life's always got something to throw in my way. Make sure you follow Hendo on uh, Jay's Journal. He's the co-editor of Jay's Journal. They do great stuff on social media and online as well. They're just great. So uh, let's just start talking baseball, boys. I mean, that's what we do best here. Um, Tony Fernandez, we're going to start off with that. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week about how he's not doing so well. Um, Jesse Barfield's been great on Twitter, by the mm-hmm. way, uh, updating everyone. Um, still in the hospital fighting. Still kind of 50-50 at this point. But uh, yeah, we just want to send our uh, well wishes out to Tony Fernandez. Hendo, since you didn't talk about it last week, because obviously you weren't here, uh, Tony Fernandez memories, do you have one? Oh, man. I mean, I think my favorite Tony Fernandez time, I mean, the guy was around for so many years and, and whatever, but I think his last stint when he came back, like for the fourth or 15th time or whatever, <laughs> when the Blue Jays brought him back again, I just love watching how he would casually stroll up to the plate as like a 39-year-old and just slap a double or slap a single. Like he hit like 360 something or something like in his last goal round as a pinch hitter. And I, I remember just my dad would just get such a kick out of watching the old man dominate the young boys and stuff. And so I think that's the memory that sticks out the most is just how much he dominated as a pinch hitter later in his career. That's the thing. He was solid from start to finish. He didn't really have a, a downturn in his career. It wasn't like the last two years of his career. It was like, ugh. He didn't pull a Batista, where it was like, oh, man, this guy oh, is such no. a shell of his former self out there. But, uh, no, he, he was he's one of the greats, and hopefully he gets better. Um, speaking of one of the greats, Kendris Morales. Um, I think we can all agree, one of the best Jays of all time. It's a joke here, guys. It's a joke. I know it's early, but let's let's start laughing here. Even it's pity laughs here. I laughed internally. Uh, sun's out, guns out, Kendris retires. Uh, Patrick? You were kind of a big fan of Kendris when we signed him. Um, how are you going to remember him? Um, honestly, I, I know we joke about it a lot, but just the fact that he would ha- he had the them pythons out every time he came up to the plate, and it was a sunny day. I loved it. Well, it he wasn't wore, like he had like the sunglasses and all that too. Sunday remember, it wasn't out. all the time. He didn't start going suns out, guns out till like halfway through the year. Then he went on a tear. Yeah. And then he started hitting shitty again, so then he stopped doing the Suns Out, Guns Out, and then he started doing it again. He kept flip-flopping, and it was 
I mean, we had some, we had a lot of fun with Kendris on the on the podcast in the early days with the old Suns yeah. Out, Guns Out. Those but, were the uh, days. Yeah. Are we uh, mad that we didn't re-sign Edwin, Justin? Um, no. At the time, it was kind of like, eh. He kind of screwed himself over by not accepting a contract from us sooner. But so. like looking back on it now, now that we know that Kendris wasn't really great for the Jays and he retired a couple years after, would you say that it was a mistake we didn't resign Edwin? Well, the team wasn't going to win anyway based on those rosters, so I don't really think it would have mattered. But it would have been nice to see Edwin kind of maybe finish his career as a Blue Jay in you know, like a five-year deal or something crazy. But ah, I'm over it. It's yeah. been it's been so long, and there's been so many depressing moments since then. I'm kind of just numb <laughs> to the pain. Endo, <laughs> if you had a time machine I'll, and you can I'll go back, question for you boys. Here. Yeah. Sorry? If you had a time machine and you could go back, would you re-sign Edwin instead of signing Kendris? No. No, not at all. And and there's one simple reason for it is because the compensation pick that we got was we picked up Nate Pearson. (laughs) And uh, so that was the greatest parting gift that Edwin and and Carnacion could have possibly given us. uh, You know, Pearson's yet to make a major league uh, appearance, but I mean, he looks like the best pitching prospect we've maybe ever had in the Blue Jays organization. So Justin McGowan, easy now. Don't forget about Roy Halladay. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking. I'm talking pitching prospects. Yeah. Halladay was not a great pitching prospect. That's true. I mean, he was, and then he went all the way back to, to Class A, and mm-hmm. then had to build himself back up. But I'm talking in terms of pure hype coming into the league. I can't remember a pitcher that the Blue Jays have ever had that had this kind of raw talent now whether he can turn into a doc holiday that's a whole other thing but but um, as far as like hype around a pitcher i don't remember there ever being one like this there's so much hype it's almost as if he should start the year in our rotation <laughs> hey guys wow i don't know um and also you forgot josh towers i mean so much hype around him coming up in the gustavo system oh, i hate josh yeah, towers. True. why did i even bring his name up um <laughs> let's get to the big news of the week here because believe it or not kendris morales retiring not the big news of the week fellas um huge trade between the red sox and the dodgers mookie Betts, he gone david price he gone we don't have to worry about them and the return to the red sox not great like patrick do you know anything about these guys that are going to boston uh well alex verdugo is uh, a pretty good outfielder and i think in a in a year or two we'll know a hell of a lot more about him obviously because we'll be playing him almost all the time is he mookie Betts good no but i think uh, i think it's a decent return but there's a bit of a problem in that i guess the the red sox are a little irked by the fact that uh, the medical records, or they believe the medical records of this pitching prospect, uh, Bruce Dart Graterol. Am I pronouncing that correct, I think it's Justin? Graterol, maybe. I don't know. It's a crazy Graterol, name. Graterol. <laughs> anyway, so they're they're a little uh, prickled over the fact that uh, the guy's medical records indicate that he may not be in the shape that they expected him to be. So now they're looking for another top 10 prospect from Minnesota and Minnesota is just flat out saying no. So the deal might even fall apart. Yeah. It's uh Wild. is anybody else when they hear Gratterall, do they not think of like a mixture of gravel and Adderall? Like, oh, definitely. Sort of yeah. Yeah. He's going to be laser focused, laser focused out there. And also drowsy. Yeah. Hendo, what did you think of this deal? What was your first impression of it? You know, I, I think it's uh, it's a sad reflection of where baseball's at these days. You know, when you got a big market team like the Red Sox that are just saying, "Yeah, hey, we got arguably the second best player in the league," but uh, yeah, we're just you know what? Nah, 
we're uh, we'll just fold her up. Even though we got, you know, the the thing that bothers me the most about the Red Sox, I think, is that the core is still there. This is a team that should be that should be competitive. And if ownership was willing to add a, a starting pitcher and a couple of bullpen pieces, then they'd be dangerous. But instead, they they value the idea of getting rid of David Price's contract more than they do of being competitive. If I was a Red Sox fan, I'd be pissed. But uh, to me, the to me the whole return was weak because the Red Sox valued getting rid of Price's money more than they did getting prospects back. And uh, to me, that's just inexcusable from the Red Sox. And, and uh, I don't know. The whole idea that they're looking for another prospect, to me, just seems like they're trying to save face on a shitty deal. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I have a hard time buying it. The Red Sox just really... I don't. I don't get what they're doing. They uh, every team's got to come to a rebuilding point, but when you got a, a a core that's built around Devers and Bogerts and and you know Chris Sale and mm-hmm. Mookie Betts and you know there's more. There's a, a ton of talent on that team, and, and uh, it's pretty inexcusable that they would go that route. If you ask me. Well, we were talking about it a few episodes ago. How this whole Alex Cora thing kind of threw a wrench into the Red Sox plans this season this isn't going to help them like the Red Sox are going to have a, a shit show of a year this year because there's just a a bunch going yeah, on this we... whole Mookie Betts thing the Alex Cora thing it's gonna yeah. be a weird season for the Red Sox and that's great news for Jays fans <laughs> I mean we still got the Yankees to yeah. deal with and the pesky Rays but I mean it looks like it might be a little bit of an iffy year for the Red Sox and and what are we like four days out of spring training and they yeah. don't have a manager hired yet that's yeah, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a not so fun time. Yeah, um, Patrick, how do you think this is gonna impact the Jays at all? Like, do you think the Jays have a chance to maybe leapfrog the Red Sox in the standings? Or absolutely, yeah. This is this is devastating to the Red Sox to to be trading away these two players. I understand David Price is a terrible contract, but he's still a pretty competent pitcher, and he was gonna win them some serious games this year. Uh, and Mookie Betts was an absolute monster against us, and now he's not in the lineup. And I, like I said before, Alex Verdugo, no matter how good he is, he's not going to be Mookie Betts good. So, oh, and I, who knows what's going to happen with Gratterall or the other potential top 10 prospect to get back. But I see this as, uh, if you look at Fangraph's projections, uh, I think they their estimate was that the the, the Jays would win something like uh, seventy eight games, wasn't it, or seventy five games? Justin, do you remember? Yeah, seventy six, I believe. Seventy six, and then the Red Sox were supposed to win about eighty four, and that was with Betts and Price. I would say that this is going to be such a dramatic swing because of how many times they play each other. That with those two guys gone. The Red Sox are obviously much worse. I would say even now, like looking at uh, the Jays winning 81 to 85 games seems more reasonable, which is awesome. Who do you think won this deal? And let's rule out the Twins because <laughs> they obviously did not win this deal. But did the Dodgers win or the Red Sox win? Because to me, it's obvious that the Dodgers won this deal. I don't like the fact that we're dismissing the Twins getting Kenta Maeda for, uh, you know, for a pitching prospect. Uh, Maeda has been a consistent force in LA since he arrived and twins desperately needed some upgrading in their pitching and they pretty much placed themselves at the forefront of the, uh, the central there. Yeah, that's definitely a great point, but I, you know, I have to agree with you, Clayton. I think the Dodgers are the clear cut winners in this whole thing. And yes, they've taken a bit of a risk because bats will be a free agent next off season and prices and, Questionable injury history. It is cyst on his wrist that really derailed the season last year. But uh, to me, the Dodgers are doing what a billion dollar mm-hmm. um, corporation should be doing. You know, I mean, there's there's no excuse for. 
again, I'm, I'm harping on these big market teams, but the Dodgers are, have been that close for a really long time. And so the fact that they went, you know what, we were throwing our chips in the middle of the table and they only had to give up Verdugo realistically to uh, to get Mookie Betts and David Price and take on some money. I mean, that's their ownership's got to be perfectly fine with that when you think about the upgrades that they just brought to the roster and especially how much they struck out through the offseason for them to make a deal this big and this impactful this late in the offseason, I think is huge. Well, let's uh, switch gears here to uh, some Canadian content because the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, they named their class for the uh, 2020 year. Uh, some pretty big names. The big one, Justin Morneau. I was surprised he wasn't in earlier, but I think there was a bunch of rules. You have to be out of the league for so long or whatever. But I hope that this was his first crack. Like, he's a first ballot Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer. Um, he's going in there. Um, Johnny Olerud's going in there. Uh, Dwayne Ward's going in there. And Jacques Toussaint, who was a longtime Montreal Expos broadcaster, he's going in there. Uh, the whole ceremony is going to be on June 20th. Justin Morneau's the big name here, guys. But uh, we'll start with you, Patrick. Uh, get in a little bit about Johnny O and maybe some Dwayne Ward, too. Well, you guys know that I love talking about relievers, and Dwayne Ward was probably <laughs> one of our best setup man slash closers that we ever had. Um, I don't know. I, I always thought the Terminator, uh, Tom Hankey, was more prolific, but I guess um, Dwayne Ward deserves uh, a lot of praise for uh, the work that he put in during uh, a couple tough years with the Jays and also uh, some of the better years. And obviously Johnny O is, you know, class act, one of the most popular Jays of all time. Uh, I always thought it was weird that he wore a baseball helmet while he was on the field, and I didn't understand why until later in life. Why was it? Oh, uh, it was like an injury. Oh, like when he was, yeah, when he was like a kid, I guess he like he hurt his head and, yeah. Yeah, he had a he had a full plate in his head that was essentially holding his skull together. Mm-hmm. They said they said if he ever got hit by a ball, he'd be just dead. So I had no that was idea why he, why he had to wear that. <laughs> yeah, huh. well, yeah. I learned something. Uh, today. Definitely didn't stop him in '93. Yeah, he finished no, winning MVP no. voting that year. Hey, yeah. that was I. I wish I would have been. I was alive to see. Uh, that technically but i was also like six months old at the time so what do you guys think of like again i know that they played for canadian teams but i always kind of thought like okay canadian baseball hall of fame for canadians you guys think it's like just because they played for the jays or the expos they belong in there yeah of, of course i mean it's the canadian baseball hall of fame is for people who have had an impact on canadian baseball and for sure these guys did i mean you look at Olerud's season in 93 when the jays won the world series he was there for both of them and finished third in MVP voting in 93. If that doesn't endear you to a nation, I don't know what does. Like, the guy was a, a career, like, 295 hitter. Like, he had a, a hell of a career. And, I mean, his time in Toronto was, was the same. I mean, he was a consistent guy. He played a lot of games. He didn't miss time. And you, you never hear anything negative about Johnny O. No, never. Seemed yeah. like the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Morneau, is he going to be an actual Baseball Hall of Famer? Not a chance. Not a chance? Hendo, do you think Morneau has a chance to go in the actual hall? No, no. I mean, I think I think he would have had a shot if he'd been healthy throughout his career, mm-hmm. but just the, unfortunately, concussion issues really really derailed what was... Well, he was one of the better hitters in baseball at the time before he got hurt, and, and uh, unfortunately, he just wiped out what could have been an even more decorated career. Patrick, do you think Morneau's going in, or are we going 0 for 4 here? Yeah, it's just... It's unfortunate because... Yeah, like uh, injuries did sort of derail his career uh, quite a bit. But, you know, 
I think it's important that we sort of elevate the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and not necessarily say like, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. Because it is actually a big deal. Justin Morneau means as much to Canadian baseball as uh, any other player that I can think of in the last 20 years, except maybe Larry Walker. Uh, and he obviously uh, made it into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, the big, well, see, there I go. I'm saying the big Hall of Fame. <laughs> we we should elevate our players and celebrate them, you know, within our own country and not necessarily think about, oh, well, it's not the real Hall of Fame. You know, the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame is a big deal. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to put it down, but like, it isn't the real Hall of Fame. <laughs> if you, if you get down to it, like when it comes to baseball, technically, it's not the real Baseball Hall of Fame. It's still a very huge honor, obviously, but he's not going to get into the big one, you know? No. Like Canadian Baseball, it's not like a minor league Hall of Fame or anything like that, but I mean, it's not the actual, maybe I should have worded it better. Nine years in broadcasting, I still can't freaking speak right, but whatever. <laughs> um, do you guys want to get into some spring training? Anything else it. on the uh, Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame? Anything on Jacques Doucet? No. No? You know, I used to love watching the old Expos broadcasts. Um, that's pretty much all I can say about it. I think it's cool, though, that they're putting in announcers into the, into the Hall of Fame because, you know, they're as big a part of the baseball experience as, as anybody, right? They're our connection between the game that's happening and then sitting at home on our butts, uh, on our couches, watching the game. I feel the same way about Jamie Campbell still. I still miss Jamie Campbell. On and the, the Blue uh, Jays Jays win. <laughs> All game over. Yeah. Uh, were, were you a Jamie Campbell guy, Hendo, or no? Yeah, I didn't mind him. I mean, <laughs> I think I've been wiped out by anything that wasn't hasn't been Buck and Pat. So now my memory <laughs> just, just seems like that's taken over. But, yeah, no, I didn't mind him at all. I was a big. There was no Barry Davis though. I uh, <laughs> man, Jamie Barry. Campbell's called some big moments, like Alex Pilato's medal in Vancouver, like the first Canadian yeah. gold medal on home soil. I remember that. Cool. Yeah. He's had some pretty oh, big yeah, broadcasting yeah. moments in his career. So one of the, one of the more underrated broadcasters in Canada. Yeah, he's I been think. doing it for a long time too. People think of James Duthie and Ron McLean when they yeah. think of Canadian broadcasters, Jimmy but Jamie Houston. Campbell, he he's up there. Uh, let's get to spring training and. Mahendo is so awesome about talking about spring training. That's why we brought him on the show today. Also, he's a beauty. Um, just uh, talk about spring training a little bit here, Hendo, to get us started off here, and what you're most excited to see. Well, I, mean, I think the reason I come on this show is just to look at the way I get treated and talked about it. Maybe do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we pump you your know, tires pretty well. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's really all a guy needs anymore. But, uh, you know, these days, I think I'm really excited to to actually watch spring training this year because it feels like there are some competitions that aren't just like, you know, last year our, our starting rotation competition was, was like, was kind of sad. I mean, it was an open-ended competition, but it was like, oh, yeah, okay, well, should, do I know who the names are that they're even competing for the jobs? Where, <laughs> you know, this year we're going to have a few interesting competitions, whether it's in the outfield, um, you know, whether it's in the starting rotation, uh, I think there's a lot of great candidates uh, for the rotation, which is a wonderful thing to say, uh, you know, after what I just said a second ago. Um, so I like this year, actually, I think that there's, you know, some some things to watch, you know, whether it's Derek Fisher and Anthony Alford and Teoscar Hernandez in the outfield or whether it's Yamaguchi in the, in the rotation. I think uh, it'll be interesting. What about you, Justin? What are you looking for in spring training this year? Outfield for me is like the big thing. We've got two confirmed outfielders plus Teoscar Hernandez who should be a DH in my opinion but we'll get into that here as we go in. Patrick what's your uh, main focus in spring training this year? Uh, 
this is weird to say because I've never said it before my entire life. I am actually very excited to see what comes out of the bullpen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I think we have uh, a solid depth when it comes to our starting rotation. I know we've, we've pooped on players before and all that stuff, but in truth, uh, a lot of these guys who are going to be competing for rotation spots are going to end up in the bullpen. They can't all be starters. We can't have, you know, an 11 man rotation. And we, we talked a lot last week uh, about all the players that we have that are competing, but eventually they're either going to go down to Buffalo to start until they're called up or they're going to end up in the bullpen. And I think our bullpen is not that bad. And I've said that, you know, many times before, but I like the idea of having a young bullpen that can grow into their roles, having a bunch of 20 something guys, you know, doing what they do, getting ready for games. And I I hope they continue that trend of everybody walking to the, uh, to the bullpen together, walking to the dugout together. Do you guys remember that show of force that they did early mm-hmm. in the year where yep. Shoemaker got hurt? Yep. Yeah, I like that unity. That's what I'm excited to see is, you know, who's going to have a hot spring and who's going to end up getting that fifth spot in the rotation and who's going to be uh, relied upon in the bullpen when it comes to the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Well, we're going to get into uh, four specific uh, topics here for spring training. I wouldn't say topics, but maybe position battles mm-hmm. and depth and stuff. We're going to get into the outfield competition, the infield backups, the bullpen, and that pesky fifth rotation spot. Let's start with the outfield because that's what Justin wants to talk about. <laughs> it's all about him. It's your world, man. We're just You're living, just living in, it. in it, boy. Uh, when it comes to the outfield competition, Justin, you'll bet lead off here. Who do you sure. think's winning the uh, center field battle? Okay. Well, we all know who I want it to be. Yeah, we I know. want it to be Anthony Alford. Um, this guy hasn't ever been given a fair shake, and a lot of that is due to the fact that he has not been able to stay healthy. But even after last year's spring training, I thought he had a great spring. Um, he kind of got dicked around on opening day. Remember, he was in Toronto, and then they ended up adding Rowdy Telez to the roster instead of Alfred, and he was like super happy that he made the team, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, sorry, bud, go back to Buffalo. And then he was called up a few days later and got like five at-bats and then was sent back down. So I don't know. I just think he hasn't gotten a fair shake. In his Blue Jays prospect career, he has other options. Like, this is his last chance. If they do not add him to the team, he has to pass through waivers to go Mm -hmm. to Buffalo. So I think either way, we'll see him for the first series of the year, whether or not they try to just get him in a couple games and trade him or just keep him around just to trade him. We'll see what happens. We've got this guy that Ross Atkins is still very excited about in Derek Fisher. And outside of his defense, when he's not taking fly balls to the face, I can't really see why there's so much excitement. Yeah, he's going to hit home runs, but everyone and their dog can hit home runs in, uh, speaking of dogs, in uh, in the major leagues now. So it's just really the aspect of, I think Alfred has earned the right to have a shot, whereas Fisher has bounced around and been very good in the minors and never done anything in the big leagues and doesn't really deserve a shot at this. So I think it's going to be Teoscar Hernandez, but I want it to be Anthony Alfred. Hendo, who's winning the center field battle? You know, I, I have to agree with a lot of that. I'd like to see Alfred get a shot at it, but I, I do think it'll be Teoscar Hernandez, um, you know, flanked by Guriel Jr. and, and Grichuk. If if I was using those three guys, honestly, I would just put Grichuk in center field and, and put Hernandez in a corner. And that way, I, the one thing that bothered me about last year, especially with Grichuk, was, was, you know, his numbers, he'd be playing decently in center field or in right field, and then they'd flop him to the other position. And then it, he just didn't do a very good job of adjusting to it last year you know and in the past he's been a, a valuable defender and last year his numbers really suffered for it 
And, uh, you know, the data shows he's a better better defender in center field than Teoscar Hernandez. So I'm not sure why why they're reluctant to do that. You know, it's not like he's some guy that they have to build around in right field. I think Grichuk has to prove himself as much as anything this year. So if it were me, I'd put Grichuk up the middle uh, and Hernandez in right field and, and Gurriel in left. I like your style, Hendo, because I get roasted whenever I say yeah. that we should put Grichuk in center field. Finally, I'm not getting teamed up on. This is fantastic. The, the, <laughs> I think the one big reason that we haven't put Grichuk in in center is because he's he is that he doesn't really like playing center field, and I think we're just kind of catering to him. But I do agree that he's definitely a better fit there. I don't want to play center field. Yeah. Well, this is Major League Baseball, but suck it up. Uh, Patrick, you'll yeah. uh, bring it up the rear here. Who's winning the center field battle? I want it to be Anthony Alford like everybody else does. Um, we've said it a bajillion times on this podcast. Don't quit on the athlete. Mm-hmm. Anthony Alford is an incredible athlete. He looks like a ball player. He's got got that good body, soft plastic hands. swing, soft hands. Yeah, he's, <laughs> all those all those anecdotal comments we can pull from Moneyball. But in truth, yeah, I mean, I. Ca- Part of me kind of sees it as rearranging deck chairs because none of these guys are are excellent fielders. I think the only one that has positive value as a defender is uh, is Jonathan Davis, and he has like a double A level bat. He's never been able to put it together at an MLB level, whether it's contact or power. So I really like just let these guys compete and see who comes out of it. The Oscar Hernandez should never step foot in the outfield again he should be relegated to uh everyday regular dh i can't stand watching him in the outfield i would rather Derek fisher take 100 fly balls to the face and see t oscar hernandez uh out in the field again although maybe that says more about me being a sadistic faster than anything yeah, one more thing. I, I was just thinking back to how Hendo said uh, put Teoscar in a corner, and I just visualized him like sitting in the corner of a dugout with like a dunce cap on <laughs> at that yeah. moment. Um, but no, I, I agree with you guys both there that he's definitely a better fit in the corner or with a bat in his hand swinging every three innings. I just can't believe whenever I bring up Randall Gertrick should go to center, you guys put me on blast for like five minutes. Hendo says it once, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we, we agree with yeah. you. It's the fact that the Jays aren't going to put him there because he doesn't want to play yeah. there. People so. don't forget, guys. People yeah. don't forget. Sure, buddy. Uh, let's get to the infield backup, <laughs> shall we? Um, the Ryan Goings role. That's what I like to call this one. I miss Ryan Goings. He was just the best utility infielder guy. I know you guys don't agree, but I don't know, something about Ryan Goings. But uh, who should get the backup roles? Because we all know who the starters are going to be. Um, does Rowdy have a shot at being one of these backup infielder guys? Is Brandon Drury going to be the new Ryan Goins? Uh, Hendo, let's start with you. What do you think uh, is going to go down with our infield backups? I think it's going to come down to whether the Blue Jays want to want to keep Drury or if they want to keep Telez because there's not going to be enough room for for everyone. You know, if you look at any classic bench. Even with the 26th uh, roster spot this year, they're only going to carry a four-man bench and, and an eight-man bullpen like 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. So you need a backup catcher. You got Reese McGuire. You need a backup infielder. You got to have somebody who can play shortstop. So that's probably, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's Drury for a while, but I would prefer to see a guy like Ruben Tejada there just because we need somebody who can start shortstop when uh, when Bichette can't, when needs a day off and, and uh, Drury's just not that guy in my mind. 
And then you have an outfielder, which is probably Fisher. And so that last spot comes down to, um, do you want to carry Rowdy Telez or do you want to carry Anthony Alford? And the fact that for me, if it was up to me, I'd send uh, Telez back to Buffalo. He's got options. I'd rather see, uh, give Alford a long look in spring training or a long length in spring training and in the early part of the season, uh, whether you choose to try and keep him or if you want to turn him into a trade bait, uh, you know, keeping Rowdy Telez around to me uh, is not important enough to uh, to let go of Anthony Alford. I'm just designating him for assignment. So, you know, there are a few pieces, I guess, Drury, Alford and uh, Telez. But if it were up to me, I'd, uh, I'd just cut, uh, cut or trade Drury and keep Alford, and then uh, and then send Telez to Buffalo. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I'm th- I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking about Telez, and I, I look back at what I've written down here, and I didn't even mention him once. I'm just kind of assuming that Rowdy Telez will not make this team out of spring training, just based on the fact that we have Travis Shaw, who has been told he'll be playing regularly, and we have guys like uh, Biggio and also Brandon Drury who can play first base in a pinch and even Lourdes Gurriel played some innings, played some innings there too so I think yeah Ruddy Telez is probably the odd man out this season at least to start um, depending what they do at that DH role that's really the only other spot I can see Telez fitting in it really depends what shakes down the outfield if they decide not to keep Alford and they keep Hernandez to play the outfield then we might see Telez play DH but I'd rather see like a guy like Santiago Espinal or Bravik Valera, who are both on our 40-man roster, and we had Valera at the end of the season. At least we'll see what they do in the spring, but I think Espinal has that future like backup play anywhere kind of role, like a Brock Holt kind of guy who is still a free agent, by the way. Mm. Um, could be interesting. But uh, I think Espinal and Valera, one of them is going to have a good spring, and I think we might actually see one of those guys surprisingly make the 26-man roster. Why don't we just pull a See, 2001 I, Oakland A's, get some washed-up catcher who can't throw, and move him to first? Scotty H. Why don't we just pull a, a Scott Hatterberg and just get some <laughs> washed-up guy just to play first base? It worked for them I'm pretty Russ, well. Yeah. I mean, Chris I'm Pratt Russell played Martin's him in a movie. For a gig. Yeah, Russell Martin's still looking for a gig. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's, he's a third baseman, though. Yeah. I, I always <laughs> I always ask this question, though, whenever uh, anyone brings up Valera. Like, did did you watch any game? Have you ever seen him play? Yeah, I watched the games last year. And, I mean... <laughs> I, he gets on base more than uh, more than Randall Gritchuk. Forty man <laughs> roster. I, I don't understand yeah. how. I mean, they're going to have to make room for Rafael Dallas at some point, mm-hmm. and, I, mm-hmm. and it's, to me, it's got to be Valera that gets yeah. gets DFA'd. He's definitely the um, next guy off. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, if Alfred gets DFA'd before Valera, then I'm going to be very upset. So I'll, have I'll, I'll, no, put it I'll probably have no hair left. <laughs> Patrick, you're bringing it up the rear again here, buddy. Who should be your infield backups? Jimmy Santiago Espinal period. I'm doing a full-on mic drop here. He has improved every year that he has been in the minors. Uh, He was rock solid in AAA. Uh, He can play second. He can play third. He can play shortstop. Uh, I think he's already passed Brandon Jury on the depth chart. Um, I really would like to see Brandon Jury get DFA'd or traded to a team that could appreciate him. It's not that I don't like him. It's just... I don't think he has a place on this team anymore. Excuse me. But, um, yeah, I said it weeks and weeks ago. Santiago Espinal is our our hidden gem among all these uh, amazing prospects we have in the middle infield. It's going to be Espinal. I don't know about Valera. I don't know very much about him. uh, But I know enough about Espinal to firmly say that it'll be him. Uh, taking that spot, uh, and I do also believe that Anthony Alford is going to be 
uh, our fourth outfielder. And that's the way I would like it. Hmm. It's funny that you mentioned uh, DFA Drury to a team that will appreciate him. It'll probably be Baltimore because they just love picking up our sloppy seconds. Anyone would be good on Baltimore right now. Yeah. Like if Baltimore picked up any of our players, they would be in the starting rotation or starting lineup. Like I still can't believe how bad of a baseball team the Baltimore Orioles have become. Like it wasn't that long ago that we were playing the Orioles in the playoffs. Hey, the and Red Sox need an outfielder it's now. It's wonderful. Oh, I love seeing the Orioles play bad. Uh, like I don't it's like it wonderful. when the, I don't you like know, it when the Rays are bad. I know that we suck in Tampa Bay and they're one of our rivals, but I actually kind of like it when Tampa's good. Because they have yeah. so much things going against them. Their yeah. stadium sucks. Their they have no suck. money. Their fans suck. All their good players <laughs> leave after three years. With Baltimore, they have no excuses. So I just love hating the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> um, next up here, let's go to the bullpen. Um, Patrick, you've been bringing up the rear enough here. You can bat lead off here. Patrick uh, loves when, the bullpen. Yeah, loves the bullpen. So we'll start off hot here. Uh, what's your take on the bullpen coming up here for spring training? Well, like I said earlier, I'm actually excited about what's going to come down because there are so many open spots. I mean, that's not to say anything of the guys who are who are currently slated for bullpen spots. Anthony Bass, Wilmer Font, Sam Gaviglio. Ken Giles, obviously, is going to be our closer. Uh, maybe Thomas Pannone, Jordan Romano. Uh, Elvis Luciano needs more time to marinade in the minors uh we obviously went through that very painful year where uh he was terrible for us and he went through the injury uh and then he came back and he wasn't really that great but now he can sort of marinate and build up in the minors but look at look at all these pitchers that we have like like anthony k could easily come out of the bullpen when he's not spot starting same with trent thornton he did it at the end of the year uh, there's just there's so much to work with. And that's not to say nothing of like Jacob Wagaspak, who was a competent starter for us when we needed him to be. Um, so like there's there's a lot of young pitchers here. And I know we've harped on how a lot of them are a dime a dozen. But I think there's a lot of potential with these young guys forming a solid core in the bullpen. So I don't know. I, I'd like to see Gaviglio in as like our long reliever. Uh, I'd like to see Thomas Pannone uh, strapped to a rocket and then sent directly into the blasting inferno of the sun. There it is. Never to return. There it is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, give me Anthony Kay in that bullpen. I want to see what he can do. We need Someone's got to be a relief pitcher. John Reed Foley's got gas. Put him in there. See what he can do for uh, the seventh inning man. Hendo, bullpen, Go. Well, I've got a few different feelings on it. I mean, I think it's going to be a bit of a cluster, and, and there's it's going to be a lot of guys that, you know, the Blue Jays are kind of throwing a dog's breakfast out there and seeing what sticks. So, you know, Jordan Romano is a guy to me that's an example of someone who could be DFA'd tomorrow or potentially be a really valuable bullpen piece. Like, that's kind of the, the state of how I see a lot of the bullpen. The one thing I wonder about, like, personally, I don't like the idea of putting starting pitchers in the, in the bullpen. Um, I'd rather see a guy like Anthony Kay if he's not going to make the opening day roster be starting in Buffalo, unless the Blue Jays want to like pull an old playbook card that they used to do in like 92, 93. If you remember back, some of you are too young, but I mean, they started the careers of guys like David Wells and Al Leiter and Pat Hankin by having them as relievers in year one and then transitioning them to the, to the rotation later on. So 
if they were doing something like if they had a plan, you know, for Anthony Kay or for Trent Thornton, where there were going to be relievers that transitioned into starters, then then fine. But other than that, I'd rather just see those guys in AAA, um, which means we could be looking at a lot of you know minor league guys that are looking to make the team too. You know, people like AJ Cole, um, you know, might be the next diamond in the rough that uh, Ross Atkins is hoping to find. Yeah, no, I mean, you stole my line, Hendo. I have in the sheet here, it says it's going to be a cluster in the bullpen, and you you definitely just stole my thunder there, just so you know. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Be nice to our guests. It's all fair, Jesus. I guess. Love Come and on. War, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we've got so many guys who are capable of throwing a baseball. A lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. And that seems to be the theme around baseball in most bullpens is, yeah, who, who can throw 100 miles an hour? Okay, you have a contract now. Um, and we've got a bunch of those guys. We've got guys like James Dykstra, friend of the show. We've got guys like Kirby Sneed, Ty Tice, Jake Patrichka, who we have brought back again, uh, Brian Moran, who has signed to a minor league contract yesterday. So there's just a bunch of oddballs and nobodies in this uh, the spring training bullpen camp. But we're going to see, I think, some some weird, unexpected bullpen moves guys like Dykstra and Sneed and Tice I think those guys have a chance of making the rotation we need some lefties so Travis Bergen has a shot at that um I don't know I I, I just outside of Ken Giles and Wilmer Font maybe only Gaviglio has a guaranteed spot so that's three out of a potential eight so there's going to be some interesting things that go down here and I, for one, I'm not looking forward to the bullpen this year because I think they're going to be much worse than they have ever been. Oh, yeah. Um, closer, Ken Giles. Setup guy, James Dykstra. Middle relief, <laughs> James Dykstra. Long relief, James Dykstra. <laughs> Just because he came show. on the show, he gets to be the bullpen. Well, and Ken Giles, too, because 100 Miles Giles is just a gem. Um, the last little spring training thing we're going to touch on here, the fifth rotation spot. We had a time and a half talking about this last episode because it's just we don't know. Like, no one knows. And it's just such a toss-up because there's there are five guys who could essentially take over that spot. Uh, Hendo, let's start with you here. With that fifth rotation spot, who do you think is going to get it? Uh, you know what I think? I think Yamaguchi will probably get it. If it were my choice, um, I would go with Trent Thornton. As, just because, you know, if, you, if you're really watching him late in the, in the offseason, he really started to put things together. You know, the, the broadcasters talked a lot about his work with Clay Buckles, and, and uh, that changeup became a really effective weapon for him. If you look at his last, like, four or five, six appearances, he really seemed like he flipped a switch to me. And, and to me, it would be a shame to reward him for that kind of that kind of performance by putting him back in Buffalo or even in the bullpen. But um, the reason that I don't like Yamaguchi as a starter is because I don't think his repertoire will translate well to, to North America. You know, often you'll see, you need starters that will have at least three pitches. And to me, when I watch the tape of him, I, I see a fastball and a splitter that could be very effective out of the bullpen. Um, he might prove me wrong. I, I just, uh, I don't see his breaking ball as enough of a plus pitch in order to make him an effective starter. But uh I'm certainly not opposed to giving him an early opportunity in the season either. Patrick, fifth rotation spot. I know we talked about it last week, but who do you think is going to get it? Has your mind changed at all or no? Yeah, of course it's changed because I'm bolstered now by the fact that somebody else said Trent Thornton. So I'm going to ride the wave. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm going with Trent Thornton. I totally agree. I think Trent Thornton put in a lot of work during the year, put in this impossible 
Kobayashi Maru scenario where it was lose-lose no matter what he did. Uh, but he ended up being pretty competent, and I think he's got more to give. He's got more in the tank, and as much as I would love it if someone like TJ Zoik rose from the ashes, I'm going with Thornton, and I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, what shakes down in spring training. Question for you guys. What do we feel about a six-man rotation? No. I brought yes. it up. La- I, brought, I brought it up last week. I'm not a huge fan personally. Um, I, I I think Shun Yamaguchi is going to get the fifth spot. Uh, Trent Thornton's going to make a great case for it, and I mean the other guys like Anthony Kay who could have a good spring. Maybe Sean Reed Foley comes out and doesn't issue a single walk. Wow, that was a bold thing to say um but <laughs> um but I, I i do agree with you guys i do think trent thornton probably deserves the spot but we've seen with a lot of players on this this team and, and this lineup over the years that uh, of this ross atkins uh Shapiro era that they don't really give guys who deserve it uh, a chance like it's almost as if they're up to, to something in that there way it goes. Hey? yeah there's that one so we had patrick shoot some of his son and clayton thinking that ross and mark are up to something so uh, i don't is. think i know <laughs> but uh I, I agree with you guys i do think that trent thornton deserves it but i i believe that uh, that shun yamaguchi is going to get it i want shun yamaguchi to get it just so they could have some cool during the game graphics because i don't know if you guys remember season three of the office when Andy Bernard punches the hole through the wall, yep. and then Dwight shuns him, yep. and he keeps going unshun, reshun, and he keeps doing that. If he's our fifth starter, we could just use that all the time. Unshun, reshun, you know. Yeah. So maybe he wins the fifth spot just for that reason, but probably not. I still think it's going to be Anthony K. I think Anthony wow. K is going to yeah. light it up in spring training. I think he's going to come in and just be lights out. New team for spring training. He got traded. He's going to want to prove it, and I think he's going to come out and he's going to pitch lights out in spring training and i think he's going to win that fifth spot i don't think he's going to give him an option i think it's going to be like wow this guy's pitching so good we have to put him in the rotation that's what i think is going to happen but. you know i i wouldn't hate that at all and i remember seeing sorry to cut you off but i remember i can't remember which scout it was but uh, there was one and take this with a grain of salt because it was a met scout but hmm. um the comment when the trade happened was the his the, the comment was something to the effect of uh, anthony k will be the blue jays best starter uh, in 2020 was, mm. uh, you know, the kind of positive reputation that they felt that he was going, uh, going away with. And so that, uh, and the more that I've watched him, the more I, I agree, I think he's going to be an excellent starter. I just, uh, I think, unfortunately he's going to feel the roster punch, uh, pinch rather. But. Maybe that scout was just chirping us. He's like, yeah, this guy's going to be your best pitcher. Cause your pitching sucks. <laughs> maybe that's, yeah. maybe well, that's what he that meant by it. Factored into it. Yeah. yeah. This guy's not very good, but he's the best you guys have now. He's a lefty too. <laughs> yeah. I always like lefties. Anything else you guys have your eye on when it comes to spring training? I'm going to bring up a couple things here and tell me if you guys are going to be watching for it or not. Vladdy's weight. Yep. You guys are going to be kind of iso-camming Vladdy a bit and seeing if he's trim. Patrick, you, you always have your eye on Vladdy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we talked about it last year a lot about how, you know, we had high hopes for him. And obviously his floor is being a 280 hitter, which is pretty damn good. Um, but I think he takes a big step up and i think he he comes out of the gate and he, he hits 400 in spring training and he flirts with 400 through april and may Ooh. calling it now Vladdy, he's no longer thick in the waist he's he's coming in with some big guns and uh i think he's gonna hit some jacks hendo are you gonna be watching Vladdy? obviously you are but I yeah mean... I, 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I think he's what I've seen from him so far. It sounds like he's taking his off season really seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think last year was just a really good learning year for a 20 year old that had dominated throughout life. Isn't, you know, I think back, I always put it back to my analogy of like when I was in high school math classes, I just didn't try forever because yeah. I was so good at it. I'd get a hundred on everything until all of a sudden like grade 10, 11 rolled around and all the work that I hadn't put in, I didn't know how to do any of the steps anymore. And I fell apart. I kind of feel like that's how Vlad was. He just dominated all the kids he faced his entire life. And last year he was like, Oh, you mean I, I have to try to be elite now? Well, all right, fine. I will. And I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think he's going to take a huge step this year. And uh, I'm excited to see how much he dominates and, and shuts up the naysayers. Another thing I'm going to be looking for, Bo Bichette and his leadership. I know it's only his second year, but Bo Bichette, next to Vladdy, face of the franchise. I mean, after his tear that he went on last season, Bo Bichette's not going to surprise anyone like mm-hmm. he did last year. Do you think he's going to be a leader in the clubhouse, like in one of those yeah. young leader guys? I think Bo Bichette's going to end up being the, the public face of the Blue Jays franchise just because of his, his charisma and, and the way he kind of carries himself. And he can speak his And hair. he can also speak English. English, yeah. And his hair is... Good-looking dude. I'm actually wearing a uh, Bo Flows yeah. t-shirt right now. And so. the girls love <laughs> Bo. Like, the girls yeah. love Bo Bichette. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bo's going to be a fan favorite for, for his on-field and off-field reasons. <laughs> but I hope that he kind of steps up his leadership game a lot yeah. because, again, our, our, our locker room is so young. And um, I just feel that, like, if we can have one of these young guys step up and be, like, the captain of the young guys, and I think Bo Bichette's going to be that guy. So uh, those are the two things I had pointed out. Anything else? Are we putting a bow on spring training here, guys? Hey. Yeah. That one was good. Okay. Thank you very much. That one I actually liked. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wasn't going to – you know, I had other points, but I can't even, like, bring it back up after <laughs> yeah. that. That's just – yeah. <laughs> that I think that does it for the baseball talk for now, but I want to bring up one other little thing here, guys. Um, do you guys like that like three in one body wash? Like do you guys use that stuff where it's like shampoo, conditioner, and body wash all in one bottle? My my gym bag has all three individual I yeah. have, have shampoo, I have conditioner, and I have body wash in their individual bottles as it should be. Patrick, are you a three in one body wash guy? No, God, no. You know what that does to your hair, man? You got to get it, yourself right? some shampoo, yeah. separate, conditioner, separate. And you got to, you, man, you got you to gotta protect your hair, man, because it's, once it's gone, it's gone. I know. Clayton knows all about that. Hey, Hendo does too. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to be oh, nice to here, here we're talking, you can see the varying perspectives here <laughs> as, the, as the thin hair guy. You know, you know what? My answer is I started, I have like a, three and a half month beard so now like my hair conditioning has become a whole different thing it's like beard oils and conditioner and yeah. it's like playing with remembering what it's like to have hair again so i was fine with the three and one uh, before but now now i gotta step it up while we're on this beard oil topic i have tobacco scented beard oil and it's oh, oh man i smell so classy like i smell like <laughs> the 1920s like i smell like a saloon you should be it in a is speakeasy awesome. every night i wore it yesterday and it is just the best i i i discovered beard oils like a couple months ago i got it for christmas and i've had a beard yeah. since i was like 20 i can't believe it's taking me this long i so love are you beard like, oils are you drinking like godfathers and old fashions oh, yeah. now oh yeah. oh yeah no still bow <laughs> Still, still just, I'm still just drinking Bohemian, baby. Good old Sasky beer. Bohemian mixed in with the Auto 16. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I saw a five-in-one body wash. Five-in-one. What could there possibly be? What, deodorizer. What, what deodorizer? And a face wash. So it was oh. face wash, body wash, shampoo, conditioner, and deodorizer. 
Mother five of, and one. Mother of God. Way they, too they much. Had six and one for aftershave, it's, too. But there are guys out like, there. It's just a bar of soap. Yeah. yeah. There are guys <laughs> out there Dove who are soap. like, yes, five and one, baby. I'm saving so much time in the morning. Like, fuck, if you're like, if you're thinking like, oh, this five and one, it's it's so it's so practical and handy. You're booking yourself too tight. Like, I can give just, yourself a little bit more time. In I the can morning. just like see a guy just like having like a, a barrel, like a one of those cold baths full of five and one, just like like diving into it and just like submerging in five and one, coming out and just rinsing off. Mm. Like, All right, clean, ready for the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like, kind of a spray booth sort yeah. of thing. Spray I had a roommate time. who used to brush his teeth in the shower, and I I would give him crap because it would always you know be remnants of that. Paste and I and go, why do you do that? He goes, well, I'm saving time. And I thought if you don't have an extra like two, two minutes, minutes in the morning to brush your teeth, then maybe you should get out of bed. I don't know. <laughs> get up five minutes earlier. Interesting. I brush my teeth in the shower. Oh. <laughs> oh. I can just see Clayton's face with that whole thing. And your wife like, doesn't oh. see. You know, your wife doesn't care? Here's the reason, though. Here's the reason why. Oh, my wife doesn't care. My wife is the dirtiest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, true. The, she is, is disgusting, disgusting, man. We have four piles of clothes around our house. We have it in our spare bedroom, our other spare bedroom, our laundry room, and our storage room. Piles of clothes just sitting there. I'll fold it. I'll fold it. No, you fucking won't. I'm going to have to fold it. <laughs> but, this is the point where Clayton's banking on that everybody has now stopped listening to the show. Oh, exactly. Nobody makes it to the hour. My <laughs> wife doesn't listen. It's fine. She's, she's it's fine. She's, she's so sick of my voice. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, I do in the shower because I like taking like I don't take a shower in the morning. I take a shower before I go to bed because I wake up at like 3.30 in the morning. So oh, yeah. I, I take like long showers and I love like the long warm showers. I put on like some spitting chicklets or a podcast or just some new music or whatever. Maybe some Chris Henderson. If the mood strikes yeah, well. me right, uh, this is gonna that sound weird. This is actually gonna, it's actually gonna sound weird. But back in my Estevan days, which is where Chris Henderson is from, mm-hmm. um, I used to have a shower playlist, and it was Saskatchewan artists, and Chris Henderson was on there. Chris Henderson, Blake Berglund, Cody Prevo, a bunch of Saskatchewan country artists. So, just to make it even more creepy, I used to listen to Chris while I bathed. So, <laughs> well, while I washed my body, I would listen to Chris Henderson. I sure hope he loves you. Proud to have helped you wash your uh, No worries. <laughs> but back to it's, brushing it's my teeth in the shower. So I, I do everything in the shower. I brush my teeth. I sew. I lather up. Sometimes I shave. You ever sit down in the yeah. shower? Uh, no. If I had a stool, maybe, though. Yeah. Uh, if I, I used to have a sit-down shower. I used to do yeah. that a lot. One oh, of my buddies does that. Those are the best. When he's hungover, mm-hmm. he's just like... People used to put a lawn chair in the showers to sit on it. Oh yeah, yeah. When well, he was super hungover. Back in my <laughs> back in my tobacco chewing days too, I'd practice my spitting accuracy by spitting my toothpaste right down the drain. Uh-huh. So I go, and I and get. That's how I got. Like I, I'm really good at spitting. Like when it comes to chewing tobacco, Is I can freaking. No, hat I'm on? I'm like Drew Brees, man. I got accuracy for days when it comes to, <laughs> like when it comes to spitting tobacco. Like just ding. Like I'm I'm money. We can make a video one time, and I'm, I'm money. I can hit targets. So that's wow. what I would do in the bathroom. I, I'd practice spitting the toothpaste into the hole. So. Yeah, oh, there's so much of a joke there. More, more, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was looking at him. I'm not going to do that's it. That's what she said. Yeah. Um, moral of the story, I used to listen to Chris Henderson in the shower. <laughs> Wow. Uh, that's it. That's all He's I think for today's episode. Again. We got to thank Chris Henderson for coming on the show. Make sure you give him a follow. Uh, Baseball Four Brains. That's the number four, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and again, Jay's Journal. You do, you're do. doing a heck of a job at uh, Jay's Journal there, Hendo. What's coming up for you guys? Uh, you guys doing anything to preview the season? or? Yeah, you know, right now, right now we're kind of doing a – we're about halfway through our prospect countdown, and as spring training approaches, we'll just be looking like we – you know, looking at all those battles that we just talked about here over the last – Last hour or so, it's uh, it's fun to have things to write about. Um, you know, the last uh, last year, 
you know, other than talking about the future all the time with the oh, kids, man. it was it was a bit of a thin year. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see the front office make some aggressive moves and bring in some guys and, and give the fan base things to be excited about, uh, it makes my job a lot more fun. So, yeah, by all means, uh, make sure you, you check us out and, uh, at jaysjournal.com. This is the third time Hendo's been on the show, by the way. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's basically a co-host now. He's a regular. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Man, we'll, yeah, my pleasure. we'll always have Hendo on. Hendo's so good. We'll try to get a couple other guys we've had on before, like Dykstra and stuff. But, Hendo, you're one of our favorites, man. Appreciate you joining the show. Definitely gave us a different perspective on spring training and stuff. And I like Hendo because he agrees with me, and you guys always freaking disagree with me. So, <laughs> thank goodness I finally had someone that had my back. So No comment. New comment. <laughs> oh, stats this, stats that. Minor league this, Kevin minor Pilar. league that. Oh, this guy in double A. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for following us on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. Thanks for listening on the Anchor, the iTunes, the Spotify, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Uh, give us a review. Give us a follow. Uh, again, Tony Fernandez, get better. We're thinking of you. Uh, for Justin, for Patrick, for Hendo, my name's Clayton. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Go Jays. Forget things. Sometimes I don't set the alarm. I wake up late, half in a daze. I can't find the keys to my car. Then I'll spend half an hour trying to get out the door, but the phone's nowhere to be seen. You think it'd be no thing to put you out of my mind, but the thought of you is stuck on me. Got a bad memory No, I just can't get you out of my head Got a bad memory You're the one thing I'll never forget I can't erase the bitter sweet taste Of your kiss on the night that you live Got a bad memory And it kind of seems I'm always dropping